Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God for our meditation is recorded in 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning at verse 6. Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fellow redeemed. At one time or another, there is an ailment that has afflicted each of us. This ailment can create new problems or make existing problems worse. This ailment is called the if-onlys. The symptoms appear in our thoughts and words. We think or say to ourselves, if only I made more money, I would be content. If only I could date that person, my life would be complete. If only my wife would listen to me, I would be a better husband. If only I had that car or that video game or that article of clothing, I would be satisfied. Once in a while, you get your if only, but it only leads to another if only. You say, if only I had a new house, my life would be complete. You get the new house and now it looks empty. If only I had new furniture and then if only I had new carpeting. As you can see, you are deceiving yourself if you say, if only you had this or that possession, that you would be content. Who of us can say we are content? One of the marks of our human sinfulness is our inability to be content with what God has given us. Instead, we want more, more, more. What has God done to cure our if-onlys? First of all, God provides for us. God says in his word, be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. What has God given us that we should be content? First of all, he has given us himself. He created us, and in his great divine love, he sent his son to redeem us. Christ gave his life for us in Calvary's cross, that our sins would be taken away, and that we might be his own for time and eternity. God provides for us. He has granted us our physical life on earth. He has granted us our souls and bodies with their abilities. He has granted us health and strength. He has granted us jobs, homes, families. He has granted us all our possessions. Since God has given us so much, he says, be content with what you have. Our lesson today is a reminder from Paul that without God's gracious provision, we would have nothing, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Then he points us to the true necessities of life. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. 
The word for clothing literally means covering and includes not only what directly covers the body, but also shelter. Food, clothing, and shelter satisfy our basic needs. When God provides for these, there can be contentment. Paul displayed such contentment when he wrote, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. That is God's gift of contentment, and it is great gain. By God's gift of contentment, he also protects us. Our text warns us, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. If we base our hope and sense of security on riches, we will never be content. We will always seek to gain more, 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 never satisfied throughout our lives. Many people, including Christians, want to get rich. We are warned here that a desire for riches is beset with dangers. Lives controlled by a desire for riches follow a similar pattern, yielding to temptation, trapped by sinful desires, being driven to foolish and senseless actions, and finally lost in ultimate ruin. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. This is one of the most misused and misquoted passages in Scripture. Notice that money itself is not the evil. Scripture does not condemn the rich. Scripture does not condemn Abraham, Job, or Solomon for their wealth. What Paul is addressing here is the desire to be rich. It's the sinful condition of the heart that is condemned. And is the root of all kinds of evil. The attitude the heart takes toward wealth is the root problem. To love money so that it becomes an idol leads to all kinds of evils. As our text says, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. Rather than succumb to this temptation, our text calls us to fight the good fight of the faith. This, is, this call to fight the good fight of faith is not, however, a call to muster our own strength, to trust our own powers. Relying on himself, even the apostle Peter soon fell into a shameful denial of his Lord. Paul reminds us how to arm ourselves against temptation in the letter to the Ephesians. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is how God equips us. For this battle, we use the weapons God places into our hands, especially the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. When Satan attacks, cut him down, with it is written. The reason we fight the good fight of faith is so that we may lay hold on eternal life. 
Not merely some temporal riches or honor or fame is at stake. Nothing less than eternal life, uh, salvation is the prize in this battle. This is the eternal life to which you were called when you were baptized and brought to faith in Jesus, your Savior. At baptism and again at confirmation, you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. God preserves you in this faith to which you were called and made your good confession. As you receive with believing hearts his word as it is preached and read, and as you gather at the altar to receive Holy Communion, by faith in Christ be content with what you have. Then instead of coveting and desiring the things your neighbors have, instead of being discontent and unhappy with your lot and station in life, instead of always wanting more, 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 you will lay hold of heaven and the eternal glory and life. Godliness with contentment is great gain. To be a Christian and to be content in Christ is the greatest gain of all. This means that God provides for all your needs of body and soul here on earth and will surely have the blessings of eternal life when you die. We have the best of both worlds in Christ. How can we be anything but content? Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, your mercies are new to us every morning, and though we have not deserved your goodness, you abundantly provide for all our needs of body and soul. Give us, we pray, your Holy Spirit, that we may heartily acknowledge your merciful goodness toward us, give thanks for all your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen. Praise the Lord.